It's time for the weekly Q&A that we call Splunk Talk. Episode number 24 for Friday, November 26, 2010. A hazy shade of Black Friday. Yeah, it's Black Friday and we're talking about Splunk on our day off. We're talking about Splunk on our day off. Yeah, WTF. I gotta have more cowbell. Split time fighting answers without a doubt. Split time will help you figure it out. Split time I can tell the whole world about Split Talk. Split Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I swear. That is not a pre-recorded Jeff Blake laugh. In keeping with the theme of one missing member for the past few weeks, we've got the actual live Jeff Blake, not his pre-recorded laugh. Um, well, his laugh is here too. Jeff, where have you been lately? Always. Uh, yeah, uh, that's kind of private. That's... Am I really supposed to share that on the podcast? Well, you know, we we think it's wolverine hunting, but, you know. <laughs> it was hunting. I was away on vacation, paid time off, official and all that. Are you sure you were paid? I, I don't. Well, that's that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Maverick is here. Yeah, I'm here. Jeff's here. Uh, but, of course, <laughs> if we're keeping with the theme of someone's missing, that would be Maverick. Although, of course, although today is his off day, we'll, um, we'll cue his laugh in pretty, spirit. Pretty much every day is an off day. It depends on what you mean by off. That's, okay. Well, I, I mean As something. A, a little off. All right. What are we talking about today? Number one Splunk Talker of the year. Got a lot. Got a lot today. A lot for, for just two people to handle. Really? Eh, maybe not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of creepy <sighs> in a way. All right. How about a question? Perhaps. Let me kick it off. So here's a question from a uh, loyal... Splunk user. I'd like to hear some suggestions on dealing with sequential files where the events have a fixed length. They're all on the same line, but there's no separator between the fields. This person asks, is it possible to deal with them without splitting them through multiple scripted inputs? Uh, this guy says, one of the biggest challenges I've had is separating events from one another. I was not able to find a reliable configuration for truncating events at, say, the 200 character length. This, uh, I don't know specifically where this came from, but I, I see this a lot with, um, we talked about it before, mainframe, mainframe events coming in or uh, anything where screen scraping to logs is performed on a regular basis. Uh, this might be a different source, but uh, hey, why don't you have at it? I will. As a matter of fact, this question comes to us from one of our good friends in Italy. I believe he is the only mobile listener in Italy. Well, not the only one, but the only one that's willing to admit it. Um, so this comes from the, uh, this, our, our faithful Italian is dealing with SAP logs. And this is from the, I think it's from their audit logs. And these logs, uh, they all come out in one giant line, like one huge feed with no line feeds or carrier returns or CRLFs or whatever you want to call it. 
So uh, he initially, I think, was using a scripted input to chop it up. And we took a look at this and found that you can set up Splunk to behave a bit differently. Okay. So some of us are familiar with our good friend props.conf, which I kind of liken to sort of a rules engine that when you're doing processing some data, it tells you how we should do it and what we should do. So for these SAP audit logs, as he described it, the event technically ends at 200 characters. Okay, so it has like a date, a machine name, a message, and then a, and a few other things, and then a date, a machine name. It says a whole thing. But he can see that the messages are only 200 characters in length. Now, normally, when you just eat data in Splunk, um, it'll break the lines where it sees a line break, like a new line character. Of course, you don't see that on the screen, but it doesn't. In this case, we can tell Splunk using a directive inside of uh, props.conf called line underscore breaker. So instead of telling Splunk, hey, break when you see a typical line break, break when you see 200 characters. So we just insert a, a caret, a dot, and then, you know, followed by 200 or a regex that basically says any character 200 times, then break right after that. And of course, he also probably would want to set up a prefix for his time and set up a time format to give Splunk a little bit of help um, after he'd uh, told those events to break. So you can do it even if it is one long stream of data. So that's the answer there, Jeffrey. Nice, nice. Yeah, we could probably dive into that a lot deeper. Uh, especially when you're talking about the time formats, but I think I think we had a big, uh, I think that was like uh, episode seven or something. We really dissected the time stamping thing uh, considerably. So, and honestly, I was surprised. You know, even being a Splunker, surprised that it we were able to get it to work. Um, Splunk is, I mean, really, I mean, I'm <laughs> a user. A yeah. yeah. Well, no, I mean, because that would be a reasonable thing that a software would have a hard time with. I mean, I, I can't imagine oh, yeah. what yeah. some other tools would, would do if you didn't have any line breaks in there, what the heck they would do. And how easy it was for us to just say, for, at least for development, the guys who developed Splunk, to say, maybe there's a chance that some other character might be what we want to break on, and you can define that. And that's, that's, uh, that's pretty, pretty cool. So Yeah, yeah. I get, I get a it question. It was episode eight. Episode eight. Too well, much time on my hands. That's you're right. You're right. Um, because that, that really is a big part of whenever you start uh, messing with this stuff, the, the timestamp is always uh, an important part of uh, event definition. So, Are you a fan of sticks, by the way? Uh, well, I live in Chicago. Dennis DeYoung, come on. Uh, I'm a little bit of a hater of Dennis DeYoung, honestly. <laughs> I didn't say I liked him. I'm just saying okay. I don't know. His whole take on sticks. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm more of a Tommy Shaw fan personally. Okay. You know, any. <laughs> <laughs> then again, maybe, I, you know, I like if the. If you fit. had hair, would it be long flowing locks like that? Uh, it would be parted in the middle. Okay. <laughs> and we call that the smack dab look. Because the part is smack dab down the middle. You know, one of the other things I really like about, you know, Tommy Shaw is. Um, that of Are course, really he was the 
uh, guitarist in the band Damn Yankees, of course. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. Here's a Splunk question for you, Jeff. I love how I can throw any data at Splunk and it will just eat it. So do I, honestly. One of my favorite things in life. But I'd like a bit more structured approach. Because sometimes I find that Splunk gets the line breaking wrong or has weird source type names. Do you have any advice for me, Dr. Jeff Blake, PhD? Yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's actually a good one. And it, it can go, this answer can go for, for just about anything that starts to broach into when you start iterating through a development cycle in terms of um, just getting fine-tuning the tweaking of Splunk. And obviously we're talking a lot about line breaking and, and the timestamps and stuff like that. But what I like to do is create a sort of a staging index. So if I'm going to bring in a new source and I'm going to need to kind of see how it looks and, you know, if I'm going to do anything with it, line breaking, or uh, if I'm going to do some regexes to, to extract fields or do anything anything to it. I kind of want to do that isolated from my, uh, you know, existing index. So whether it's production or a QA or whatever, you kind of, you know, you kind of want to isolate that and, and make your own index for it. And that makes it easy because you can feed one source in, do whatever you have to do to it. And, uh, then you can, you know, move on, move it on, move those sources into the, your production index. So you want to be able to do that easily. And, um, you, when things don't work out, you want to be able to delete all that crud out of the index, and that's hard to do unless you can whack the whole thing, and uh, you'll find yourself uh, with an empty index loading data. You don't like the way it looks. You want to reload it, so you can do this. Uh, Splunk has a command called clean, so you'll say Splunk clean event data. That'll empty everything out of the current index, and obviously if you had other production data in there, you wouldn't want to empty everything. But that makes it easy to iterate through and try a new props.conf or try a new transform in the transforms.conf, get things going and uh, move on. Um, another thing you may want to do, and this this I find this more helpful when I'm doing some of the UI development, is you can actually go ahead and beyond creating a new index, you can actually create an, an entirely separate instance of Splunk, even on the same box. Just You just install it so that the listener is on a different port. And that makes it easy. So if you need to shut down Splunk, if you need to restart the engine for whatever reason, um, then you're not shutting down your production instance while you're busy tweaking things to bring on a new source or to change the looks of a, of a UI development. It's hot. <laughs> Get dressed. Too hot for close. Dude, that's hot. You know, it's too uh, hot for close. I, I, I just, I didn't think of that. I'm like, um, putting another Splunk instance up on your own laptop is actually a good idea. Uh, you know, I did talk to somebody this week and recommend. You know, you might want to set up these temporary indexes. Well. It's also sometimes a good idea to set up separate indexes because, you know, you, you might have a reason to have a different retention period for web data or have sec some security reasons why you want to put stuff in different separate indexes. But when you're developing sort of you could think of it as there's this whole DevOps kind of word lately, which is kind of, you know, like 
the development that operations people have to do to make their system sort of work and all of that. And when you're in this sort of DevOps phase, um, it's not a bad idea to, you know, tweak your settings and make sure they're correct instead of just, you know, letting Splunk do things as, as intelligent as it can. A lot of times it's like, I know the way I want it to be and I'm going to test that out. And of course, either doing it in your own Splunk index your own Splunk server, a separate one, or in its index is a great way to, to, to test out your changes. So very hot, very hot answer. So hot, yes, very like much it. so. Um, speaking of hot, uh, there is a couple of things coming up, although people will probably be back to work when they hear this episode. We've got, uh, you know, as a reminder, if you happen to know somebody who's interested in Splunk, obviously you can tell them to download it and that's all cool. But um, we do have a weekly web demo that we do every Wednesday. It's free. You can register. Um, and one of the one of the guys on my team, I work with the inside sales SE team. Uh, we usually do this demo. And it's kind of cool because we give people some search uh, uh, tips and tricks, show them some cool scenarios. It's not really that marketing-ish. It's more like technical and geeky. So if you, ha- if you know somebody who's interested or even some, maybe somebody in your company, um, you don't really feel like giving them a demo of Splunk and explains them to it how it works. Just let us do it. Besides, it's free. Um, Wednesday, December 8th, Splunk Live in San Francisco. So if you're in the Bay Area, uh, head up to the Intercontinental. Aside from being able to chat with Splunk and get free food, you will hear folks like Salesforce.com uh, talk about what they're doing with uh, Splunk on the Force.com platform. Cisco's telepresence group, you know, the guys who do the video conferencing, use it, and they're going to talk about that. And our good friends over at F5 Networks. And when I say good friends, I have a special <laughs> F5 friend. That's right. <laughs> With benefits? Uh, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> God, that's creepy. Yeah, I know. My wife, Katie, works for F5. So anyways. There's yeah. a couple other <laughs> events as well. Um Non-Splunk events that Splunk is participating in. Like? Uh, is t-shirt time? <laughs> <laughs> Every event that we participate in is t-shirt time. I agree. T-shirt time. We got what? Gart- what's Gartner yeah, what's Data Summit. Gartner Data Center Summit. Or Gartner Data Center 2010 Summit. Uh, Las Vegas, December 1st through the 4th. We will be there. It's a summit? Apparently. <sighs> wow. It sounds very, it sounds very global, you know? Very high level. Very high, high level. level. Yes. SANS Incident Detection Log Management Summit in Washington, D.C., December 8th and 9th. Our own John Topp, security guy, will be speaking at the SANS Incident Detection and Log Management Summit in Washington, D.C. That's yes. hot. That is hot. Um, it's too hot for close. It is. It is too hot and, for clothes. Speaking of clothes, maybe it's time. Hey, we just want to thank you guys for chilling out with us on Black Friday. Although you guys and gals and people and pets were probably shopping on Black <laughs> Friday. While we were working. While we were working. Very, while very I, hard on this podcast. While I locked myself in my office. <laughs> Despite several attempts by my two children to get in to the office. <laughs> What's up, Maverick? How's it going? Anyway. You should, 
you should clarify that. Yeah, you're not punishing your children. You're just locking them out of your office. Or I'm, I, I didn't lock them out. I locked myself in. Actually, there's a difference. Interesting. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's how I like to spin sure. it. Sure. Okay. Anyways, uh, as always, uh, great questions. Excellent answers. Fabulous answers. Fabulous answers. Um, reminder, email us at splunktalk at splunk.com if you got questions. Because believe it or not, people actually do. And we try to answer them. Even if we can't answer them right away, uh, like our, our friend uh, Paolo in Italy, uh, we'll re- research them and try to figure it out. Of course, email you if there's some technical stuff like config files. Of course, if you got feedback on the show, uh, email us as well, splunktalk at splunk.com. And uh, well, it is Black Friday, uh, happy shopping. And of course, um, happy splunking. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Watch out now.